0: Since the bonus two man game inside. Thomas, dominant dynamite inside on that one. Not afraid. And he got some dog in. And the steal. They can tie it with a three. Murray. Yes. A Murray miracle in the desert.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Kings Pulse podcast presented by the Kings Herald. My name is Brendan. And today we got Drew joining the show, aka that local guy. What's up, Drew? How you doing, man? Uh, you know,
0: could be better. Could be rooting for a team that currently doesn't have an injured star player. But aside from that, no complaints. I mean, the, the Kings are such a small, very ins- insignificant part of my life, so it's it's really it's it's not that big of a deal. But uh, things could be perfect if De'Aaron
1: Fox were not hurt. Aside from that, though, I'm 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 doing okay, man. How about yourself? About the same. Uh, I wish that De'Aaron was playing. I also wish De'Aaron somehow would have been able to take the last shot in Game 4, but mm-hmm. understand that that's probably not the most likely scenario, and I'm uh-huh. very, very okay with the shot that HB took. Sure. Um, the plan wasn't to start with that, but Drew, I guess we're going to start with that because that's where <laughs> I took it. Um you feel good about that shot, right? I feel like there's a lot of people that are like on Harrison about it or on mm-hmm. De'Aaron that maybe shouldn't have gone about it. The way that Coach talked about it post-game was that the plan was kind of just to go 4-1 flat with De'Aaron, just isoing. Yep. And then I don't think Coach expected Harrison to go set that screen. Now, I don't know that Coach mentioned that not being part of the plan as a way to like... I don't think coach had an issue with it necessarily. Mm-hmm. It makes sense Steph was the one on HB. Like that could have been communicated to DeAaron beforehand. I think that play in itself Harrison going side a screen makes sense even if the coaching staff didn't say to do that. Um and then he gets doubled. HB was close. Like is there is there anything that you felt like maybe should have been, d- been done differently on that play? I <clears throat> Excuse me.
0: I would trust Fox and Barnes's judgment on that play, probably a hundred times out of a hundred. If the communication in the huddle was and I saw Jay Triano was actually the person who had the clipboard in the huddle prior to them coming out for that last possession. So it, it probably wasn't anything complex that he drew up, but obviously Jay Triano has a has a wealth of knowledge and has so many years of experience as an assistant coach in this league. He probably was the guy to go to in that situation to draw something up. He's 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 done very well in that situation before the Malik game uh, game tying three against the Clippers in regulation in that crazy game in February comes to mind. You know he drew that play up, but even if even if Triano drew something up, I I percent would trust Harrison and De'Aaron's judgment there in that moment. You know maybe they walked out of the huddle and HB said, hey, if Steph is on me. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna screen for you whether that's an actual screen or I'm gonna ghost the screen and then you can get the switch. And I don't think De'Aaron would ever turn down that opportunity to to do that, right? I mean, that that's that's an ideal matchup. Teams seem to always hunt Steph. Steph is going to be the guy that's typically going to get. He's typically going to be the guy who's going to get hunted out there. So I'm not mad at that at all. But one of the first things I said to a few of my buddies after the game was, I really wish they just went one four flat, Re- regardless of who was guarding De'Aaron, I just think if you if you just space the floor all the way out and don't give the Warriors an opportunity to gap De'Aaron up by having everybody just basically just hug the baseline, then you truly do put the ball in the hands of your best player, right? In that situation, I mean, you don't give the Warriors an opportunity to switch. You don't bring any defenders into the vicinity of De'Aaron. Uh, whatever shot he takes in that situation, you live with it, right? Harrison ends up getting the last shot, and I and I'm with you. I'm 100% okay with the shot that they got. I mean, that's a great basketball play. But that De'Aaron made, he he drew a second defender. And even though, you know, he did go in the direction of Draymond, some people were saying, well, or at least I saw some people talking about it. They were saying, "Well, why did he let Steph force him into the direction of Draymond?" Well, if he'd gone to his right, which is also his non-dominant hand, uh Andrew Wiggins is there waiting for him, <laughs> ready ready to ready to help over uh on him, right? And I believe he was guarding Keegan Murray. So, just, I mean, you gotta you gotta tip your cap to the cap to the Warriors. They they had that they had that um, you know d- d- defended well. They had they had the right people in the right places. And I, I mean, I think it was Keegan Murray after the game who said that he would he would take Harrison, you know, every single time to take that shot uh, again. And I'm in agreement with Keegan. I, I don't think you can get a better look than that. And he just happened to miss. So. Harrison Barnes is dealing with some double agent allegations right now. People are a lot. A lot of Kings fans are saying that he's a Warriors lover, and he's once again proving that his loyalty is actually with the Golden State Warriors. I I think it's. I know. I know some of it is in jest, but I know some people are actually are actually thinking that that's a real thing. Um, to those people, I say please just calm down. Like that's ridiculous. Uh, he he got a great look. He just happened to miss. And and I and I thought that the way that he handled himself after the game was 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 really just indicative of the kind of person that hb is he, he's just a constant professional
1: and he seems to always be that way i was kind of surprised he even mentioned 2016 is it 16 Twenty sixteen? um yeah but it i mean i think it's a great point by him like if you can get through all the bs that came with that he's going to be totally fine after this shot i don't think that like obviously he would have wanted that to go down and that could have been a really big moment for him. Very storybook, but I don't think that he's like beating himself up for having missed that or anything, or it's going to get carry anything over into the next game. Uh, No really worries there. I'm with you. Like I just wish De'Aaron would have got a shot up Mm -hmm. and it's, you know, just announced clutch player of the year. It's like you could, I I mean, I don't know if I'm crazy. Like if you go up three, one, the series feels over, you know, it's not, Mm -hmm. but I think the TNT broadcast on the LA Memphis game earlier tonight said it's something like a 95% chance. Right now I don't know the exact accuracy on that number, but it is like the three, one team is almost always winning that series Mm -hmm. and they had a chance to do that. But I I do think it speaks volumes that they were in position to even have that as a possibility in game four when You know, if you're looking at that same statement from the Warriors side, like they can't lose that game. Yeah. And the Kings fought hard throughout that entire time. The end of that fourth quarter was ridiculous. If this if HB hits that shot, we're talking about this as like a horrible choke job from the Warriors and Mm -hmm. also great resilience from the Kings perspective. Right. But the choke job from the Warriors would have been horrible. Part of me going back that De'Aaron apparently had that avulsion fracture. After there was, at least this is where it seems like the injury happened. We don't know 100%. There will be practice tomorrow. Hopefully, we'll get to confirm with him. But it seemed like he kind of got bumped by pull and then just throws up something after a foul call just for fun, sort of. And Looney Mm -hmm. still contests it. And Looney comes down. And it doesn't even look like he hits his hand, really. But he must have just barely hit the edge of Fox's index finger on his dominant hand, his left hand. And now that's an avulsion fracture that he's going to have to deal with. I think they're just going to see how he feels throughout these next couple of days. Knowing what we know about De'Aaron and I think seeing him play through injuries before, seeing him come back sooner from injuries than what like the typical timeline would be. Even just looking at that game, like in that moment, you see him kind of look at his finger. But after that, and it come to find out he broke his, he had an avulsion fracture in that finger. And there was not another moment in the final four and a half minutes of game time where he was really like shaking his hand that I saw or that that was noticeable in any sort of way. I think that he's somebody that fights through stuff. I'm sure that if he can, he will. I think it's going to be more so about like, does the, does the staff, the training staff determine that it is safe for him to do that? Because if you're risking any sort of, extend worsening this in the long term by playing then the right decision is to not put him out there even though that this series and potentially winning this could mean so much like you have to value his long term mm-hmm. health and if if that's a factor at all I think that's what would keep him out but I think that he tries as long as it's safe enough the question is now if he does try and we don't know how limited he will be but let's say he is who or actually, let's just start with if De'Aaron can't play, Davion starts first of all, right?
0: Yes, and there were already people out there wondering why not art why why not start Davion already and and relegate Kevin Herter to the bench. Uh, I don't know about that, but obviously, you know, there's a I think it's a it's a minority, but it's a vocal minority, very very vocal minority that wants Davion starting next to Fox because Kevin's been uh, struggling, and I. Not sure I agree with that, but looks like some people are going to get their wish. If Fox doesn't play, I would expect Davion for sure to be the starter, and then that way Mike doesn't Mike Brown doesn't have to really play around with uh, how he staggers his lineups with Davion because he wants Davion out there as much as possible during Steph minutes, right? Well, if Davion starts, well then he's he's going to be in lockstep as far as minutes and rotations go with 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 Steph Curry and and with you know with Steph being. An advanced age compared to Davion. And Davion being so young, it's like, dude, play play that guy as, as much as you need to. I, I really don't think at this stage in the season, Davion's even got he's he hasn't had much wear and tear uh, on his body. I, I know the the rigors of an NBA season are real, but Davion in the regular season wasn't playing as many minutes as he is now, right? So, um, in a way that could benefit the team defensively, it's just obviously the trade off is huge when you lose your star player and your main option on offense.
1: And his creation off the dribble has been so important. Him being uh, De'Aaron so important for this team when they're taking away Domas in the way that they are uh, when it comes to Golden State and trying to make him more of a score first guy. And that's a struggle against like Kevon Looney and Draymond Green, two of the Mm -hmm. better interior defenders in the league. Like I I think that everybody's going at Domas, and I want to get to ways that I think that maybe you could try to get him going a little bit more later. But I don't think enough is being said, at least from the Sacramento perspective about like just how much that says about Kavon Looney. I think Kavon Looney has been freaking amazing this series. I think the Kings are smart at attacking, attacking his like deep drop coverage with just more pick and rolls than we've seen more often than not throughout the course of the regular season. Malik Monk, Deere, and Fox. That's like the reason those guys are able to get going, but he's been really, really effective against Domos one-on-one. Um, my other question to you before I move fully onto Domas, when it comes to say, if De'Aaron's not there, like Davion steps up and is asked to do a lot, Malik Monk is the other point guard when Davion's mm-hmm. not out there. Mm-hmm. Is that right? And if is there anybody else that you consider? Do you like possibly flirt with the idea of PJ Dozier if things mm-hmm. aren't working? Like,
0: well, technically, uh, Matthew Dellavedova is the other point guard when. Aaron Fox isn't out there but obviously his brace looks pretty crazy but oh yeah the the Steph Curry stopper has been uh has yeah. has been uh, has been on the shelf with that with that uh finger injury so which that, and that's a shame
1: did you edit the Delhi and Jordan picture was that was that your no editing?
0: that was not me that that was from
1: 2016 when the Cavs won the title. no but but you put out one recently that instead of Delhi, it's is it Herter Oh, I
0: know I didn't edit that one, so okay. I don't know. I don't know who, who makes those, but they're amazing. Gotcha. And man. and I just, yeah, I, I I try my best to give people credit whenever I repost memes. I don't know who makes those, so I I I wish I knew. I'd shout them out. But whoever it is, if you're listening to this, you're doing a fantastic job. Please keep those coming. Um, PJ Dozier, I, yeah, I mean, if you're desperate, then and and if you and if you really really need. Uh, some just even for just a couple of minutes to give Davion a quick breather, right? Or if your lineups have somehow become wonky and you need somebody to come in there and just eat up a couple minutes, then yeah, I, I mean, I, not ideal, but I think PJ Dozier is a pro, and I think he'll come in and he'll do the best he can. I don't think he'll absolutely just kill the team as far as uh the productivity on both ends, but that's 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 pretty tough to pretty tough to think about
1: is Malik and Davion enough guard playmaking? Like with how they're defending Domas taking away his playmaking, yeah. like, I don't know. And I don't know that PJ Dozier an answer. I think that mm-hmm. he becomes like, a. just the question that I presented to you, I think just becomes a question now um, when no way that was in the cards before. Right. And again, it's still a long shot, mm-hmm. but there's a chance because while Davion's been, amazing this series he's been great on defense i've Mm. liked his passing he's not doing too much which i think is one of the bigger things for him defense or offensively in my mind and obviously just hitting threes helps um but he's still not a great passer right like he's not great at setting guys up like malik monk when Dom with if no d is if d is not available and you take domas out of the equation just because the way that they are defending him your next best passer is Malik Monk. Yeah. By far. And yes. after that, like you
0: fall pretty far down. Yeah. Um that that Malik Domos two-man game is still lethal. It kind of seems as if I know we're about to get to Domas but it kind of seems like Domas has only been productive <laughs> out of pick and roll and off of DHOs if it involves Malik this series. Uh, for some reason, they have just unreal chemistry and synergy. That thing's that thing's still working really well between the two. Uh I I don't know if it's enough playmaking, in all honesty. Davion, I think your point about Davion is a good one. Davion did lead his team in assists the year, you know, his final year at Baylor when they won the national title. He played in a three-guard lineup with Macy O'Teague and with Jared Butler. Those guys kind of shared ball handling duties, but if you had to pick one guy as the quote unquote lead guard, it was Davion. And Davion did a really good job setting guys up in college. I think he was about at five and a half assists per game when he was at Baylor that last season. He was, which is a lot for college, by the way. I mean, you got to think about, you know, the skill levels, not as great as the NBA. Not everybody makes every single shot like they do in the pros. Five and a half assists a lot. That That is a lot in, in, in college. And and that's pretty impressive. But Davion, the way that he sets guys up is because of his, you know, his his quickness, right? And and he really makes simple reads. And, and, and in college, those are plentiful because you if you're Davion Mitchell, you're going to get a lot of guys to collapse in on you. You'll be able to kick it out, you know, make little dump offs and things like that. It's different in the NBA. His play, his playmaking has taken a step back in the NBA. I, I think his function as a backup point guard really is somebody who just he's going to orchestrate the offense. He'll run your stuff. He'll go out there and he'll he'll get you into your sets. Um, obviously, the main reason why he's out there is because of his defense. So, I I think he would be stretched a little thin. And and look, people were talking crazy on Davion a couple of months ago, and I think part of the reason why is because when he did have to fill in for De'Aaron and when he did have to start in place of De'Aaron, whether that was because of injury or when De'Aaron was away for the birth of his child I, that's asking a lot of Davion to to shoulder that offensive load and also that playmaking load right i mean that's that's not easy to to step into those are big shoes you have to fill and if the kings have to deal with that again in the playoffs i'm 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 not sure if they'd be able to 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 serve to survive that because De'Aaron brings so much to the table beyond his scoring his ability to to break down defenses the the way that he's an automatic paint touch it it wouldn't be the same with davion this is not a knock on davion these are two completely different players but yeah i I, i'd i'd be concerned i mean those three guys have played a lot of minutes together I, i think this this playoffs you know mike will go to that three guard lineup and 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 i think the playmaking that that trio brings when they're out there together is great. If it's just Davion and and, and Malik, it, it's, it's obviously just not quite the same. And then if you have Malik and, and Davion on the floor together, who are the, who are the other three guys going to be? <laughs> you know, that, that'll be interesting. It's going to be an interesting thing to, to monitor, to, to watch uh, Mike kind of tinker with when it comes to those lineups.
1: I think what it comes down to is if Darren is either unavailable or limited, which I think the latter is more likely, mm-hmm. then you need more out of your second All Star. Mm-hmm. And I think the way to start with this conversation is just talk about what we've seen about how Golden State is guarding him. I think that they are very clearly okay with him being a scorer, but not okay with him being a playmaker for his teammates. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he is such an offensive hub that gets everybody involved in a variety of different ways is why the kings have had was it five or six guys averaging double figures and he does so much for setting everybody else up he's just also not naturally somebody that i think wants to be seeking out his own shot you know i, I think he prefers to be setting his teammates up mm-hmm. but you need to be able to do that and i kind of started earlier by saying like Looney deserves a lot of credit. Green deserves a lot of credit for being able to slow down Domas. Um, But what do you think is the balance there? Because while I feel like some people are being too hard on Domas and Mm -hmm. not giving Looney and Draymond enough credit, I feel like there's a chance that I'm being too, I'm giving Domas too much of a pass because when it comes down to it, this is your all-star that was shooting 61% from the field throughout the course of the regular season. Mm on 19 points and now he's down to 16 points on 48% from the field. And like teams are going to take something away, but where do you like find that balance on like Domas needs to be better first. This is just the reality of the matchup. first off, I just got to give credit
0: to the Warriors because it's it's a it's a brilliant brilliant defensive game plan that they decided to go with. And and at first Seeing it, you know, in game one, I was thinking to myself, we'll see. Maybe Domas should be able to find a way to eventually figure this thing out, right? Uh, Having Looney and Draymond, Draymond probably would be the more likely. I remember a couple of plays in game one where he did press up on Domas a little bit when he had the ball out on the perimeter, get a couple of steals. For the most part, though, both those guys have just been sagging off, right? I, I think I think that strategy of having them kind of play free safety or like center field out there is just just brilliant stuff. I because part of the reason why the Kings dribble handoff game works is because when Domas dribbles to a side, picks a side to run a DHO game, typically it involves two guys. It, it's not just one guy. It, it looks like it because one guy receives the handoff. But a lot of times they'll run that Zoom or Chicago action where it's a pin down into a handoff. Other times you'll see a 45 cut where the guy who's highest on one side will will just face cut towards the basket. That gets the defense moving and then you run a dribble handoff and, and the motion that that creates can really strain a defense. Putting Looney or Draymond in the paint or just further back from Domas, sagging off of him, that basically just eliminates that 45 cut right there. You know, if you're going to try to run a 45 cut, you're not getting anything with that, right? Like you're not... That allows the guy guarding the 45 cut to just hang around a little bit longer, right? Make it more difficult for Domas to actually go get that handoff uh, or to go
1: give that handoff to the guy that he wants to give the handoff to. And And, that also leaves Domas with the wide open elbow jumper. Exactly. And how often should he shoot that? Like cleaning the glass has him within 4 to 15 feet, 51% from the field, 14 feet to the three-point line. Um, inside of it though 45% from the field like mm-hmm. he's okay at it but there's yeah. a reason he doesn't take it a lot
0: yeah I, I would imagine the sample size is quite small right
1: yes he yes uh well 21 per, 20% of his looks between four and four feet that's also probably a decent handful of push shots but 14 feet to three-point line 7% of his attempts
0: yeah so obviously we know what shot diet that DeMontis <laughs> prefers and they're not giving it to him the the, really the only effective way that that he's he's like the only effective answer he's found thus far is kind of just eating up that space off the dribble going straight into looney's chest or draymond's chest just scoring over them or through them but how often can you can you count on that being a viable option when you know the the whistles have been kind of all over the place you don't know what is a foul or what is in the playoffs quite frankly and you know, if he gets called for a charge or whatever, I mean those add up, right? You can't lose Demontis bonus. I don't care how how much he's struggling, you can't lose him out there because that like there goes your offense basically if that guy fouls out, right? Like you you can't even even if they're guarding it well, you can't even process wise do the same thing that you've been doing right all season. So I, I and, really it probably does his... come down to him taking a few more jumpers, but I, I'm kind of with you. That's a huge question mark. I mean if he's not going to hit that many of them, then then how viable of an option is that?
1: to me it's something that like i question of like can he come back next year with like a cash mid range jumper Mm -hmm. i don't think Mm -hmm. it's something that you and and that's a question i'm not he doesn't need to or anything but i don't think it's something that just happens in the middle of the series like i think if you're shooting more than like at most like four of those a game that that's probably not great and i also don't think that there's the logic of oh, we'll just take it a couple times, and if you hit the first two, then they'll start guarding you. I do not think the Warriors care if you hit the first couple. They're not going to guard you any differently. Mm -mm. And you mentioned like the couple times that Domas kind of tries to go to work and take advantage of the big being so far back is a couple dribbles, like you have some downhill momentum. But Domas isn't a guy like, I mean, obviously he's not De'Aaron, but like I think there's even some bigs, maybe more like a Julius Randle type, that can take a couple of dribbles and then still maintain that downhill momentum while getting their attempt off. And Domas is more so like trying to get that downhill momentum to maybe just like throw his body into you and then do some old man post work and get a little hook shot, you know, but he's not like maintaining that momentum through his shot attempt, which I think is in my mind somewhat part of this. Do you think that like, the Warriors ran a lot of that like inverse pick and roll
0: mm-hmm. in game mm-hmm.
1: four. Oh, yeah. Which for anybody unaware is just inverse, meaning the big is the ball handler and the guard is the screener. Mm-hmm. A lot for the Warriors, it was Draymond being the ball handler and Steph being the screener. If De'Aaron's limited, like I'm trying to like theorize ways to get Domos more involved. Maybe you're on more of those. I think oh, yeah. the first two game, the first two plays of game four, Sacramento ran that. You know mm-hmm. they they ran that inverse pick and roll. I think one time it was kind of staggered with De'Aaron and Kevin um, trying to get Domas going to his left, sort of right around that left block. Like that's something I would try more. Yeah. But I think that's kind of what this is going to come down to is like if if De'Aaron is limited, you need to get Domas more involved.
0: Yeah, I'm. The
1: inverted pick and roll is something that
0: I wish the Kings did more of. Uh, it, especially during the regular season because whenever they do it, especially on an empty side, it works pretty well. Um, I'm not quite sure if it will work that well even on an empty side against the Warriors, but, yeah, I don't think it's a bad way to get him going. If you really want to go old school and you don't want to get that fancy with him having the ball and having to handle it, you can just run, like, your your typical, like, your punch sets where it's just, like, a cross screen or, like, a flex screen to give him a post-touch in the mid-post or maybe on, on the block if you want him to get going offensively early. But I, I really, I, I don't see why not. Like, why not? I'm not saying spam it, but why, why not give the inverted pick and roll a little bit, a, a, a little more uh, love out there, and and see if you can get something going with that. And I, it's, when the Warriors ran it, I'm just like, dude, this is, it's, it's good stuff because, and they've done a good job with this all series with Domas, and I know we're talking about his offense, but defensively, they've, they have involved him in a lot of actions, especially knowing that he's going to be showing a lot higher because of Steph and 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 Pool and and Clay running those every now and then. Um. Yeah, I, I, I think it kind of works the same way the other way, right? If you run an inverted pick and roll, and you try to involve Looney in that action, and Domas has the ball, and there might be a switch or something like that that you could get on the perimeter. And g- generally speaking, the Warriors have been switching everything this series. You might get an advantageous look, right? And and then it'll be easier for Domas to score. So. I, I say it's worth a try. I mean, at this point, two two, you've got you have four games in the books. You kind of know maybe those first few games they're kind of feeling each other out. But now it's I mean, it's it it's full go. These two teams know each other. They kind of know what to expect from one another. It's time to start experimenting with some other things and on both offense and defense. And I really don't think that I really don't think that using Demonte Sabonis as a primary ball handler in a lot
1: of actions in the half court is that bad of an idea. I, I say give it a go. If they try that, the question becomes, well, first of all, there's going to be times that you're forced to set it pretty low because mm-hmm. of the way Looney is guarding him. But yeah. if you are a screener or a shooter that is the one setting the screen, then maybe that brings Looney up because typically Looney's responsibility also in those DHOs is, or or Draymond's is just accounting for whoever is, is coming off of that. So maybe that mm-hmm. forced him to be higher. But I think like we've seen Steph be a... I think one of his more underrated skills throughout his whole career has been not only his screening ability, but like his willingness to screen. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you could say the same for clay, but Steph specifically having that skill, I I think is really important for that. And then it's like the Kings run a lot of those like split cuts that you were kind of talking about where guys are, I guess, screening um, a lot of slipping though. And the question then kind of becomes like, okay, well, who are you screening with? Like, can you, can De'Aaron, re- do you really want De'Aaron to be screening people <laughs> when he just had an avulsion fracture in his finger? Like, right? sounds like a pretty bad idea to me, but then who's your answer? Like, Keegan-Murray is where they've been hiding Steph.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Can Keegan-Murray be the screener? I... Uh.
0: I want to I want to say last game or maybe it was game three they did run that um you know when the Kings were on ESPN that one time they were talking to the the studio crew about uh, that their Pistol Five action that Fox and Sabonis run oh yeah um it, we we do still see that every now and then but I actually saw a play and, I, and again I I don't remember exactly which which game it was but I do remember I do remember uh, it, it was actually Keegan Murray. Who wasn't coming from the ball handler spot? He was coming from, I think, either either the opposite short corner or from the opposite block. Came up and he set that screen at the elbow for Demontis Sabonis. And I think the play ended up in a foul, so it was kind of a like we didn't see, we didn't get, we didn't get a a chance to see how that play ended up. But um, yes, he could. And and I and I, you know, to your point, I I would imagine that it was Steph Curry that was guarding him. That's why he came up to go to, to go set that screen. And I'm not quite sure in that situation it's a switch every single time because if you're going to switch Steph Curry into DeMontis Moniz every single time, good luck. But you're pointing out Steph's ability and willingness to be a screener. The reason why that's so effective is he's the greatest shooter of all time, right? Yeah. You would have to involve a shooter in it. Uh, I, I, I'm not quite sure I'm sold on Keegan Murray as like this brick wall screener. Um, but... Kevin Herter, I'm look, okay. Kevin Herter's been struggling, obviously. Kevin Herter, my best bud, Kevin Herter. He's who, struggling
1: from three, but he's still using yeah, his gravity. Like, yeah, that's true. I didn't mean to cut true. you off, but this is definitely me sort more so ranting at random people rather than yourself. <laughs> that like Kevin still absolutely has an impact when he's out there. The gravity that he has, the amount mm-hmm. of defensive focus that Golden State has to pay attention to him. I think a lot of times his three-point numbers are bad, but his two point field goal percentage is pretty good and he finds a way to use that threat to to get buckets i still think that like kevin's not hitting his threes eventually that needs to change mm-hmm. but like i think it will and i still think that he makes an impact anyways yeah, that's think, my rant on offense defense could be I, trash but sure i mean sometimes i i think i yeah i mean defense that's a
0: whole other story with kevin because i just think he's limited physically um i simply don't see him miss rotations or anything like that he's actually done a pretty good job um you know it's probably the team watching the tape but he's taking away a few backdoor cuts the warriors have a play they call what the fuck so if you see them doing this for those of you watching in the stream if they do if they do this especially on a sideline out of bounds play it's called it's a play called what the fuck it's a it's a it's a back screen Is it actually for the, called that yeah what the fuck okay it's what the fuck play and it's a <laughs> it's a back screen for the guy inbounding the ball and he just comes off that rip screen and they look for a back door and then on the opposite side there's a split being run and, and and anybody on audio side, it's just like a yeah, it's just, it. it's
1: just jazz hands type of yeah, thing.
0: jazz hands. Basically, they kind of do yeah. this, they do these little jazz hands, and you know what the fuck is coming. And the Kings have been <laughs> all over that play. this series they they've been really good at 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 just staying on top of that play. Kevin Herter, I think, has taken away two of those backdoor cuts. So defensively, like you know, he, up top he saw it obviously physically. He's limited. I'm re- I'm in agreement with you offensively though with him. Like if you utilize him as a screener, if you or if you utilize him on some strong side actions his gravity is always going to count for something. The Warriors obviously know that he's struggling, but I think the last thing they want is is to see Kevin Herter get going, because especially after game four, I think game four offensively, I mean, what do you think? Would you say that game four was probably their most complete offensive performance the Kings? I mean, the first three games, they really weren't all that great on offense. I think process-wise, the way that they're getting their buckets, um, how free-flowing everything seemed in the half court. Obviously, De'Aaron Fox just going on a heater helps, but offensively they look pretty good in game four and and if you add kevin herter as regular kevin herter or like you know pre-february slash april i'm sorry pre-february slash march kevin herter to the to the into the fold there i mean that's that's that spells trouble for the warriors i don't think they want him to get going right so they'll always have to respect his gravity out there nfl sunday ticket is now on youtube and youtube tv which means that it just got easier to be an nfl fan even if you live far away Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends nine nineteen. No refunds. Subscription auto-renews. Twentieth Century Studios presents Vacation Friends Two. Now streaming only on Hulu. Look at us all together again. We just wanted to give you guys a real honeymoon. Shots! 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 Five, now streaming. Dad! He was just released from jail. Where can I get a drink around here? Woo! Back on vacation. This place is nice. It's drug lord nice. I'm sorry. Drug lord nice. With more baggage. Ever since he showed up, he turned this relaxing
1: vacation into total oh. chaos. Just that. vacation friends 2 rated r
0: now streaming only on hulu
1: i think so too i i think the thing for the kings and we've said this all year is that there's like oh well there's never a game where kevin and malik are both going on the same night it's like i feel that there's mm-hmm. also never a time seemingly that both of them are non-existent and i think that was an issue in game three yeah, um, but it's been fine in the other games like Malik had a solid game one. He had a solid game two and he had a solid game four. Well, up and down game. Yeah, four. yeah. He, <laughs> he had some very good moments. Oh, yeah. He had a lot of moments. Mm. Yes. Some of them were very good and some of them were very Absolutely. bad. Mm. Um, And that's kind of just the Malik Monk experience. But I think if you get one of Monk or Herder going and you get one of Barnes or Murray going, then you're good and that also can mean i think specifically i think of this more so in barnes and murray's cases that, like barnes a lot of times i feel like between the two will have like a good first half and then just be quiet for the second half Mm -hmm. and it's like that's fine if keegan murray is maybe just a little louder in the second half but he was quieter in the first or vice versa but i think if you can get one of kevin or malik going and one of hb or keegan going then you're good as long as you still have the production you can count on from De'Aaron and from Domas, which I feel like we've gotten throughout the course of this series, that's going to be a question, obviously, yeah. with De'Aaron at this point. Um, but there's only so much you can do about that. Like, honestly, if De'Aaron is not, if he's extremely limited, the kinks are in a tough spot. Um, yeah. Just kind of reality of it um do you have any final thoughts on domas whether that be like what he's played so far any ideas moving forward or any even like overarching thoughts about different feelings about him now that you're seeing a postseason team scheme against him yeah um
0: a lot of people were saying oh this guy's gonna get played off the floor in the playoffs uh he's not been that bad So I think the people who are doomers on Domas probably need to chill out. Um, He's, he's lost a bit of his effectiveness in a way that I really wasn't thinking of because defensively he has been all right. He obviously hasn't been a, a, a just a total complete negative. The Warriors have done, like I said earlier, they've done a really, really good job of just involving him in a lot of stuff. And now that they know that the game plan is for him to show higher, to be at the touch at the level, even if the ball screen's, you know, 28 feet out because the Kings have essentially forced the Warriors to set them that high to know that he's going to be up that high,
1: uh, the Warriors, they, they can, they can counter that pretty easily. You know, is he, and no player in the league is better at attacking like slow footed bigs, at least relative to mm-hmm. their own size than, than Curry. Right,
0: exactly. I mean, that, and that, that, that's not just the shooting element, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the guy's got handle. And he's always going to make his finishing is (laughs) it's it's unbelievable. LeBron's
1: finish that he had tonight uh, at the end of regulation, right Uh where he had this like scoop shot, super high off the glass. Mm -hmm. That's some Curry BS. Like he uses so many angles of the glass. The the floater, not Mm -hmm. floater, the like scoop shot, scoop layup. Yeah, so fucking disrespectful, man. Um, Yeah. Oh my god, but it's cash. It Mm -hmm. catches people off guard. His finishing is ridiculous.
0: Yeah, his. it's not that surprising to hear that as a guard deer and Fox is up at the top of the league when it comes to finishing percentage around the rim. I think some people are always, for some reason, always shocked that Steph Curry is always up there as well. There's a reason why he's so good at just manipulating angles, being able to use his body. He has such great touch uses the glass. Sometimes he just throws that thing up there without even using the backboard; It slow goes in. Um, yeah, no, but really there's nobody out there better at attacking uh, the hip of a big that's slower than him, uh, than, than Steph Curry. So They've been able to counter that pretty well. Uh, he typically makes the right re. Well, he usually makes the right. Re- the, the only time I I can think of where Steph just completely shit the bed in a situation like that was probably when he called the timeout when, he, when the Warriors didn't have well. one. So like, other than that, he's been he's been fantastic when they put two on the ball against them. He he makes the right decision, and nine times out of ten, if he's hitting Draymond on a short roll or if he's he's throwing out of a blitz, Draymond's probably gonna he's probably going to make the right read four on three. He's been doing it all series, you know, with the exception of game three in which he didn't play. So for like um, a decade. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I think, I think Domas defensively it's Steph Curry. Like I I think overall he's acquitted himself well in the defensive end. He's done all, he's done really all he can within his limits. Offensively. I, I'm, I'm curious to see if there are any adjustments there whatsoever. And, and if De'Aaron Fox does not play, in the nightmare scenario in which he cannot play like what does domos do in order to kind of mitigate that right like he needs he needs to step up he needs to take more shots at that point like somebody darren's been taking you know 25 20 25 ish attempts from the field through four games somebody's got to take those shots (laughs) like i i would hope that domos is ready to take more shots but it, it depends on what kind of shots he's taking you know right so i i i i guess we'll see that that would probably close out my my uh my my thoughts when it comes to domos and kind of wondering how it's going to be if De'Aaron doesn't play
1: yeah and if De'Aaron's not there like agreed need domos needs to step up after that hope that davion can give you double digit points that mm-hmm. malik can have a 20 ball that maybe yeah. td can pitch in 10 like mm-hmm. there's Guys that can get it done. Trey Lyles had a big game one. Right. Like there's guys that can step up, but I think that's like for a game type of thing where they're just on that night. Um, Long-term we're going to have to end up seeing Keegan Murray really came alive last game. Um, I I guess I'm going to start with after the first three games when he has 10 points, total in three games on a combined three of what is this attempting to do math that I'm horrible at three of 13 from the field 10 points through three games and he's playing 15 minutes 16 minutes 21 minutes almost 22 Um, can't really stay on the floor because of defense but also I thought that he looked really frazzled by the physicality which I feel like is something we've seen a handful of times for from him throughout the course of this year Which I also think is just a typical rookie thing. And then he totally came alive in game four. But after game three, I was at the point where it was like, well, if you don't get anything from Keegan, this series is what it is. Like, I had gotten to the point where I just wasn't really expecting anything. Yeah. And I thought that was fine. Like, long-term projection, I wasn't worried about Keegan. I thought this was just a rookie thing. This was going to be a learning experience um where were you at what did you see through those first 3 uh they
0: i mean look the warriors again their their defensive scheme and 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 that's a rookie in the starting lineup that really and Keegan's not one dimensional but obviously the 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 majority of his impact on offense is being spaced out catching and shooting right so Warriors know that, they, and and if you're going to be a 16 game player in the playoffs, meaning you know a guy who's going to contribute to 16 wins, you're probably going to have to be more than that. And the Warriors knew that, and they were quick to take that away. They've been very, very good locking and trailing the King shooters, specifically Keegan and Kevin. They're they're there on the catch every single time. They've done some really, really interesting stuff where you know during the regular season, you'll see the big kind of, you know. Uh, play in like a shallow drop on a, on a DHO and then Domas sets one of his, you know, brick wall screens or kind of just uses his body as a shield. And then if you're big big, and if you're even six, five, six feet, you know, away from whoever's coming off that DHO, especially if it's Keegan or Kevin, then you're just too late. Right? Like uh, the Warriors did not leave that up to chance. Their, their plan was, okay, we're going to sag off of Sabonis. That's a given. So, any shooter that comes off probably knows that they'll have room to shoot if they're open. The thing is, is they they typically have not been open off of those DHOs because Gary Payton, uh, Dante DiVincenzo, those guys have been, you know, Kaminga and Moody in Game Three. Those guys have been awesome at locking and trailing, being there on the catch, being there on the contest. And the Warriors have also done a good job of, you know, if there's a if there's a, a King's offensive player on the weak side wing that defender that's guarding that player on the weak side wing will just pinch down and they'll just take, they'll, they'll come over and they'll contest that shot. They, they, they're fine. They're fine with leaving, you know, HB uh, or Davion open on that wing. If it means taking, taking away a shot or, or getting a hand up at least in the face of Keegan or Kevin, like they'd, they'd rather, they'd rather contest that than give up than give up a wide open shot for those guys because those guys made a killing off of that type of shot during the season. Right. Um, Keegan Keegan experienced that for three games Keegan was in hell like that guy could not get going it it was so difficult to watch and there were a lot of people saying hey we should bench him Uh, Mike Brown should take him out Uh, he already wasn't playing all that much but Mike obviously was never going to bench the kid He, he was going to let him kind of grow through it and kind of experience it for himself to see if he could take anything away from it and I forget who did the interview. I, I want to say it was Sean Cunningham, uh, or maybe it was, or it could have been, or maybe it was you, or maybe it was James. I don't know. You guys kind of all are at the same interviews, so you yeah. know, like you guys are all kind of there together. <laughs> but after after Game Three, uh, I saw his quote and I saw the clip where you know somebody asked him about his confidence, and he said, oh, my, "My my confidence is fine. I don't I don't lose my confidence just because of a few bad games." And I, shocker yeah right i mean you can see it in his face no emotion dude. kids kids a robot right like i think all he needed was just a new software update they got that (laughs) they got that downloaded and installed new
1: ios yeah yeah.
0: he got a new he got a new firmware and then he woke up sunday and he played like a man possessed i think i think when that first three went down off that kick out from domos in the post i'm like okay like he's he, he 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 could be good for a couple of those tonight well he ended up five of seven from three so and it's one thing if you're hitting wide open spot of threes dude he hit like two ridiculous ones off of movement one off of a dho one where he used a lift fake to get clay in the air took one dribble to to the side hits that one and then of course he had he had one where he came off a dho and off the dribble hit a mid-range jumper and i'm just like oh okay like keegan keegan came to play today
1: the mid-range jumper and the jab step that shook clay into the step back three to his left was the type of shit that he does. And I'm like, okay, maybe there is a ceiling here. I'm like, (laughs) maybe I was crazy at the time of the draft. You know, that's the type of stuff. Uh And for him to figure that out in his fourth playoff game, I think is great because again, I wasn't expecting him to be honest, to figure it out in this playoff series. Like, Mm I mm-hmm. thought if he did, then great. But I don't think that you can rely on that. Right. And again, didn't think that was like any issue with long term production. But for him to have figured out the the way that he did, um, we kind of joke a lot about him not showing much, mm-hmm. uh, whether that be good when good or bad things happen. But like there's a value in that, you know, like he he's not too high, he's not too low. It's similar to HB, like HB might show a little bit more emotion on the court after big plays and things like that. But I I do think there's for sure value that in the, you mentioned like, Oh, he's not a one dimensional player. He kind of can be at times in his rookie year. Um, but that's when the coaching staff has been on his ass about all year about like, Mm -hmm. that's why Mike is challenging him to like be a better rebounder earlier in the year. And when he got challenged in that way, he Mm -hmm. went out and was a really good rebounder right after that. Yeah. But it's inconsistent. Mm -hmm. Um, and when he got challenged about finishing at the rim, he started to have some moments there where he went up more aggressive, but it's inconsistent. Like that stuff that will come eventually right now, he is pretty one dimensional, but the moments that he had in game four, I think are extremely, extremely encouraging Oh yeah. for long-term uh, Keegan Murray. Uh, this feels crazy to ask right now, but. I guess I'm going to. Gun to your head, does Keegan Murray ever make an all-star team?
0: I I, I would say, yeah, at least one. Really? Because, look, <laughs> at Iowa, his his March 2022 at Iowa was like insanity. If you just ignore the actual NCAA tournament game that they played in because they got upset by Richmond. He was doing stuff that, I mean, like I knew that I knew the guy could fill it up. And, you know, like last season for the Kings was just like not fun. And that's how it's been for that was how it was for the 16 years prior. I watched a ton of college basketball. So when I hear about the when I hear about this Keegan Murray guy and I see his numbers, I'm just like, dude, what the hell? Like what that type of production at a power five conference is not normal. So I had to watch more and more of him to make sure that what I was seeing was legit. In February and March, he he was he was just going nuts like the his Big 10 tournament run which i i think he ended up being the he ended up with the record you know most points scored in a Big 10 tournament uh, i think he ended up averaging like 25 a game over the course of four games or whatever it was he was sensational and he was doing things for Iowa in that in that Big 10 uh Big 10 tournament title run that that i'm like oh yeah this guy has he has the ability to be maybe never a true primary but he could be like a 1B, 1C, right? Like he could be a 2. And the stuff that he flashed on Sunday, specifically that off the dribble jumper that we were just talking about, like it, it's there. He just needs to do it more, right? And, and I think part of that, him deferring and and not doing that stuff as much is, well, he's playing next to two All-Stars. Two two probably all NBA guys this year, right? And De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis. He may be stoic and he may not show much emotion, but I also think he's just a really just nice, kid and just a really respectful guy and i think that that comes through when it comes to the basketball side of things as well but i i, I it would be hard for me to imagine that going into the next season the coaches all the other players especially De'Aaron and domos there's no way they won't be on his ass about like dude you need to take more shots you need to be more aggressive like we are not going to kill you if you take more of those off the dribble jumpers if you if you do some more of that self-creation stuff because he's capable of it and as long as Fox and Domas are out there. And if, and if Kevin's out there and he's shooting the ball and he's providing spacing and, 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 and really stretching the floor, Keegan's going to have plenty of room to operate. And the thing that I love about him is that he does play with it himself in this offense and on this team as, as it's currently constructed, but there's a lot more there. And, and Keegan <laughs> in the most boring, probably to a lot of people, boring way possible. And in the most unexciting way possible, average, like 24 a game at Iowa, there's a reason why he averaged 24 a game at Iowa. And I know that college and the NBA. There's a big gap in between the two between you know in terms of talent and skill level, but he's shown us things this year where it's like, dude, could you imagine if he just did that 10 or 12 times a game? He probably could average 20 points a game. So I do think that on a very very successful Kings team, you know, potentially a title contending team, Keegan Murray could probably get on an All Star team. Yeah, we albeit by actual coaches vote or by like i don't know like injury replacement i i think i think the possibility is there
1: i think it's possible um i agree with your points i think there's also guys that you see the flashes for and they never change into consistency you know like mm-hmm. that's one of the main differences yeah. i feel like between stars and role players in the nba is that like any role player honestly could have like 30 on any given night right it's just like what do you do consistently and mm-hmm. I think Keegan has been encouraging. I mean, look at Marvin Bagley, right? Like I hate to go back to this, but like if you go off flashes at the end of year one, I still wrote an article about (laughs) Marvin Bagley about like, sure, he's not Trey Young. He's not Luka Doncic, but he still could be the right pick because this could still work out long term because the flashes were encouraging. Right. But they were never anything but flashes. Mm -hmm. And Keegan can totally end up proving me wrong. Um, as of now i will say no to the future all-star thing i think it's possible but if i have to guess i'm gonna say no which i'm sure people won't be happy with me for i'll get <laughs> yeah. some judas comments um but it's also just a way safer odds to be fair yeah. i don't think it's a crazy hot take or anything i think yeah. realistically yeah. like no, no is probably the more common answer um but we'll see it very encouraging i don't know why i had to take it there and all of a sudden become the an asshole because i think he played amazingly in game four and it's a question it's a question which says a lot about his potential future um if anybody in the live stream chat wants to throw questions our way now would be the time to do so because it's starting to wrap up uh drew i kind of want to open-ended throw it to you and sort of say like from golden from this perspective of having to got what having gotten jesus to watch golden state for four games now what stood out to you with their team is there anybody that you feel like has developed as an x-factor in this series um is there you know the Draymond coming off the bench thing like what is, what has is popped out the page to you when it comes to watching golden state i mean
0: down the stretch in game four Aside from the the Steph time, you know, Steph went full Chris. I feel bad for bringing up his name even when it comes to this because I love Chris Weber. He's he's one of my goats, you know, but Steph kind of went full Chris Weber. He left the door open for the Kings. Aside from that, the difference in the way that that team still ran their stuff, still they were they were so hyper aware of the moment. They 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 knew when to just pull the ball back out. Hey, let's slow it down. Let's calm it down. Let's run our stuff. I, I, to me, that was that was the difference down the stretch for sure. Um, when it came to uh, when it came to just the, just a the difference in the two teams, like the experience, the difference in experience, obviously on paper, staggering. I mean, it's it's jarring looking at how much playoff experience that the like the Warriors have have won like twenty six or twenty seven consecutive. Playoff series against Western Conference
1: teams or whatever it is—that's uh, that is a crazy accomplishment. But like, it also blows totally past the fact that they lost in the play-in because sure, right. not postseason, not right. playoffs or whatever, mm-hmm. but they lost a play-in game. Every time that, I hear that, that stat, I'm like, they fucking lost a play-in, game, <laughs> just so we know. That that is that
0: is true. Uh, but still a crazy stat, and and and, and I mean, you know, that 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 chasm in experience between the two teams is just, I mean, that 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 came out like in, in full force that those those last five minutes. I I think uh Malik was so good at being patient in the first half, right? Uh he's running, he's running in transition. He's waiting for Alex Lynn to catch up to him and throws him just a perfect dump off pass for a dunk. He was, you know, a couple couple possessions later, he runs pick and roll, hits Fox for a wide open three on the left wing. And then the second half, he's just like, all right, I'm gonna play with my hair on fire. Like, I'm going to, like, I'm I'm literally going to, I'm I'm going to be out there like a chicken with its head cut off and just, you know, he, he made some poor decisions out there. Dan Fox just threw a pass to, it's almost like he did, couldn't decide who he wanted to pass it to between, between Harrison Barnes. There were like and, three
1: people that could have caught that
0: pass. Yeah, yeah. They all just looked at each other. Like, yeah, th- that kind of stuff was, I mean, that, that, that'll kill you. So that, w- that was one thing that really stood out to me. And um, I got to shout out uh, uh, the Twitter account, NBA University here. If you guys don't follow him, mm. uh, go ahead and give him a follow. He's a fantastic follow. He's always dropping nuggets. Oh, um, We talked about Andrew Wiggins before the series and how much he would contribute, right? Or, Or if he would even be a factor. Well, he went one of eight from three in game one and missed a wide open corner three that could have potentially won the game for the Warriors in that game one. And ever since then, he's like, all right, well, I'm just going to not shoot as much. Uh, according to NBA University's tweet right here, Andrew Wiggins has 21 points on 10 of 11 field goals on cuts through four playoff games. He is absolutely killing the Kings as a cutter. And if you're back from a two month, roughly two month hiatus, and you're rusty and the shot's not there, what better way to get going and what better way to contribute offensively than just by setting screens and just playing off of, you know, your best players on offense and just attacking in an unbalanced or strained defense, right? When Steph Curry comes off a ball screen and he gets blitzed, if he's able to get that pass out, you're playing four on three or three on three or three on two. And Wiggins has done a fantastic job at cutting in from the opposite corner or from the wing and just grabbing a pass. And it's an easy lay in. Uh, he's also done a really good job. Really. I think in that mid range area, he's he's he, the self creation. He shows every once in a while. I mean, he took plenty of those shots early on in his career. not the best shot. um i I think if you're like an analytics diehard you're you're maybe ripping your hair out watching him take mid-range jumpers, but he doesn't take as many these days when he is able to hit those off the dribble threes or off the dribble mid-range jumpers uh, he he's quite effective and he has been killing the Kings as a cutter, uh, both in the half court and in transition and I mean, defensively, he's been awesome. I mean, he's four blocks, four blocks, including that huge one on Daviano. You know, if Keegan hadn't cleaned it up,
1: that, that I mean, that Rich, dude, I'd be so pissed. If if that's me, it, like, which would never be me, <laughs> right. never be me for what it's worth. But I'm like, why the fuck is my team not running back Seriously? to get that rebound? Why am I the only one running? I think like two Kings <laughs> and two Warriors were all at the same place when the turnover yeah. happened. Two Warriors jogged; all the Kings players sprinted.
0: Yeah, yeah, I. I, I, yeah. If I'm, if I'm Andrew Wiggins, and also I agree with you there. That would never be me. Uh, I would, I would absolutely be pissed. I got a question for you, real quick though. Um, Steph Curry has played heavy, heavy minutes this series. He's at at around forty, right? The non-Steph minutes have not been good for Golden State, right? Um, This is the last time that we will be getting a two-day break in between games this series. Mm. Game six one day in between. And then if there is a game seven, one day in between, we're going Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, right? Does that loom large with, with Steph? I mean, do you, do you think that, I mean, he's Steph Curry. Uh, We, we shouldn't, I don't think we should key in on the fact that he's playing a lot of minutes, you know, to, to kind of think that that might be a weakness or that might catch up to him because he's proven time. And again, that, you know, he's, he's going to be great no matter what, but he is, what is he? 35 now. Right. Um, Is is, is that going to possibly catch up to him? Especially with the
1: pace that the Kings are playing at as well? I don't think so. Like, Kerr said in a presser the other day that he thinks Curry's most underrated skill is his stamina. Mm -hmm. And I, I tend to agree that he's ridiculous in ridiculous shape. He also said at the beginning of, I I think it was between games, uh, either between games one and two or two and three, that Steph was going to get 10 minutes of rest every night. And that's just Mm -hmm. reality, which isn't exactly what's happened. What was it? 42, 43 last game. Yeah. Um, So probably about half of what you typically want. But if that's what it takes, then like it is what it is. I, I think it's kind of the same thing that like we've seen slowly become the case for Domas and the yeah. Aaron, not quite to the same extent, mm-hmm. right? But it's like, okay, Alex Len looked fine in game one, game two is okay, but like the Warriors taking that advantage of that in the way that they should, that like mm-hmm. you should probably stick with Domos more, same to the Aaron. Um to your point, the on off numbers with Steph are very staggering on court. Steph, uh, this is let me make sure I have these numbers right. Team leading 12 Two net rating, positive net rating in 158 wow. minutes. That's 117 offensive rating and 104.9 defensive rating. Uh Steph off the court. Their net rating goes from that 12.2 down to a team worst. Holy shit. Uh my bad. Whoa, this number caught me off guard. Minus 45 in the 34 minutes that Steph has not played. Uh, their offensive rating is an 82.9 compared to 117.1. Well, I knew these numbers were crazy, but that's insane. So their defensive rating is what with them off the floor? 128.1. So their defensive rating is also there you go. Way so, worse.
0: So for those of you guys out there who wonder whether or not offense affects defense, it's essentially, it's a weird analogy I get, or maybe, or maybe it works appropriately. I don't know. You let me know. People in the chat let me know. But it's kind of like having... You know, if you're an NFL team and your offense can not stay on the field, your defense is going to get absolutely like you're going to get battered, right? Like you're going to be so tired because you're out there for so many plays. It almost seems like Steph has that effect, right? Like he's 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 a he's he's an elite quarterback in that sense because he keeps the offense going and he and he and he is able to generate offense for his team. And then that way his defense can, you know, I'm not saying like take possessions off, but, you know, obviously they won't be defending for as long or running for the lives out there because Steph's out there kind of bailing them out with some of the. Crazy shit that he does. So, yeah, that is that is jarring (laughs) to hear. That is insane because I think the broadcast these last couple of games has done. They've been they've done a good job of illustrating his impact when he's not like when he's on the floor versus when he's off. But they basically just use plus minus to hear the offensive and defensive rating when he's on and off. Below nineties with him off is crazy. That's insanity.
1: Yeah, yeah, kind of important to have him out there. A little bit, yeah, I would tack. say so. Um, <laughs> also, worth noting, when Domas is on the floor, minus 11.9 net rating, that's wow. 104.7 on offense and 116.6 on defense. Mm-hmm. When Domas is off the floor, that offensive rating goes from 104.7 to 125.7. Wow. And 96 defensive rating... Compared to 116, uh, it's a plus 29.7 net rating in the 46 minutes. Domas does not play, again, compared to a minus 11.9 in the 146. He does play. Worth noting, like Domas does need to be better. We had that conversation. Yep. Um, but Looney matches minutes with yes. Domas. And that's a very big difference in this as well. Um, but they need to be better in in the Domas minutes like domos needs to find mm-hmm. they, they got to figure that out they've got to be able to figure that out um, you're, you're oh, not giving you're not giving alex lund enough credit though that's the alex lund effect so. i'm shocked by the way and it's like one of the most confusing things to me um i see how it's worked but why was this not tried at all before, like, coach was very clearly searching and talking yeah. about how, like, oh, yeah, the backup five, we don't, we're trying to figure it out. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's literally the only guy you didn't try. Like, you actually put Namiya Kada in the yeah. game to guard Joel Embiid yeah. before Alex Len. Right. And part of me is like, does off court stuff with Alex Len? Right. And the yeah. home have anything to do with this? Like, yeah. um I don't know, but I'm glad it's working. Alex Len was damn good. Was it just last year where he was in the, first round with Washington as like a starting center I think he played the least minutes for a starter around the league but still anyway yeah was was a was a you know was at least
0: out there playing playoff minutes and then right yeah he's looking like 2020 Alex Lim when he was traded to the Kings and was making an impact out there like just the fact that he's seven feet tall has had such a positive impact
1: on this team defensively it's 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 been cool to see that's the fourth round that's the fourth overall pick right there that's Mm -hmm. exactly who I know uh, by the way, watching Memphis, L.A. today and seeing like real rim protection in Jaron Jackson Jr. is just oh, man. a sight to be seen. Yeah, uh, it's, it is a sight to behold. And by the way, real quick, shout out Jimmy Butler. Oh, my God. OK, yes. Since you said this, I've had this idea. I had this idea earlier in the year that like maybe I've thought for a while, OK, they're probably going to eventually the Kings, that is, take one more swing to add one more guy. It mm-hmm. wouldn't surprise mm-hmm. me. Like, I think that they were very similar to how Minnesota was last year. Right, And then Minnesota went out and took a swing to add one more. And just broke the trade market. Fucking whiffed. And everybody (laughs) knew that they shouldn't have swung at that pitch when it was thrown. Like, everybody, this is not a hindsight thing. That's the craziest Mm -hmm. thing to me with the Bear trade. In the moment, everybody was like, what? Like, why? Why? And nobody even, like, knew what to think of Walker Kessler, really. And that's become its own thing. Um, but I think the Kings could take another swing for a little while. I was like, hmm, I wonder if Jimmy could be that guy, you know, it seems like the right type of guy. You get another creator. The spacing is not great, but you do get a dog defensively. Mm-hmm. There was a time earlier this year where the coaching staff was talking about like, you know, maybe we, we don't have anybody that is kind of on, I'm paraphrasing, but on his teammates asses when things aren't going well, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy's the definition of that guy. Oh Yeah. yeah. But when I realize Jimmy is next year, when he's thirty three right now, next year he's starting a three year, one hundred and forty six million dollar contract. Um, mm-hmm. I hate to be the guy that has a team focused pod and then just turns a all time performance into a conversation about their <laughs> team. Yeah. But like, <sighs> is that a guy?
0: I, it, it's. Monty McNair loves the word optionality. I'm not even sure if it's an actual word, but he obviously <laughs> uses it a lot. Shout out to Monty. And look, he's he's got his list of guys that he's probably monitoring really, really hard, and he's taking a long look at these guys. It'd be hard to imagine that Jimmy Butler is not on that list because even even though the age, the the contract, obviously th- those would maybe be hindrances. Dude, that guy the 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 story of him showing up to practice you know or tr- whatever it was <laughs> early on in the season before he got traded yeah uh well okay um i don't know if we're talking about the same thing i'm talking about when he was I in minnesota when he <laughs> oh, was gotcha. in minnesota and he ran with the, with the, with the third stringers and just beat the shit out of the, <laughs> the first and second yeah. stringers and was just yelling profanities at the coaches and the execs in the building and everybody and just absolutely just like Okay, if I was there and I was on the other side of that, yeah, I probably wouldn't enjoy it. But like as a as a neutral observer, it's like, wow, this guy is insane, and I love that type of just just psychotic energy because the, the Kings, yeah, like like look, they they don't take any shit from anybody. I appreciate it, you know. Um, they stand up for one another. They love playing for one another. But sometimes you just need that guy who's just gonna who's just gonna who's who's going to make his teammates believe in themselves like nobody else could and stand up for everybody and hold everybody accountable and just kind of be crazy about it and that's kind of the guy that's been missing <laughs> on 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 the on this Kings team like personality wise. And Jimmy Jimmy is i I think today absolutely solidified it like it confirms it for sure, but even before tonight he's an he's an incredible playoff performer. That man is a he he's like the most 16 game player that a 16 game player can get in the playoffs. That man brings it every April and May. It's unbelievable how this guy keeps on showing up and he has willed his team to a three-one lead against the top seed in the East, and I, I mean they're one win away from from eliminating Giannis and the Bucks. Yeah, I know Giannis missed a game or two, right? Um, but still, I mean, that, the roster wise, it's like whoa! Like there's no way even with Jimmy Butler and no Giannis that the that the that this series shouldn't at least be tied two two. Well, Jimmy Butler drops a fifty-six point gem in the playoffs, the fourth highest scoring playoff game of all time, and <laughs> as willed this team to a three one lead. I'm 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 not saying yeah, definitely go out there and do it. But hey, man, like you know, it wouldn't hurt to kick the tires. Kings have some cap space too, right? Like, caps also going up. New TV deal coming in. New CBA, all that stuff. Like, who knows? Maybe they can maneuver around it. I don't know all that stuff. You'd have to talk to like a cap expert <laughs> to 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 see how that would work. But I mean, it's I I don't know. Like, I, why not? Why not? Right?
1: I love Jimmy Butler. Yeah, I do too. I like. <laughs> I have such a soft spot for Jimmy Butler. I, my best friend uh, for ever growing up is just a huge Jimmy Butler fan and always mm-hmm. been. So I've just really have followed Jimmy really closely and like Minnesota or um Chicago is whatever. I still like, feel like I have a little bit of like a uh, enjoyment for Minnesota because I followed them when Jimmy was there yeah i'm a miami guy in an ex to an extent now because jimmy's there like i definitely feel like i have some sort of bias i'm just like man i love jimmy I love, jimmy and either. i do think they need a dog on this team like davion yeah. is a dog on the floor yeah. but personality wise the outgoingness like to be honest when draymond stomps on domas and you know domas pulls him down i guess um nobody went up to draymond no and no that is something that, like, in the moment, I'm not really thinking about because I'm like, holy shit, did that guy just stomp on him right now? Mm-hmm. Uh, but. Somebody should probably be. Yeah. Going yeah. up to on, you know, it's not something that really matters that much long term. But like, I think if you do have that guy, it does help fire up mm-hmm. your team. Yeah. And anyways, didn't need to get on a.
0: Yeah whole yeah. tangent and, and, that, and, and look and just real quick to close out of, if you don't know jimmy butler's history his upbringing you know yes. from when he was a child i go you're go, guaranteed go look to root it for up. Up. yeah seriously go 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 look that up google it do whatever you need to do his his story before he even knew he had a chance at the nba and even a chance at division one college ball is incredible and that that just makes him so much easier to root for for sure
1: and for him to have what is it 22 24 in the fourth quarter and that's not even his highest scoring quarter of the game. <laughs> like what are we talking about here? Um absolutely ridiculous. And I don't know, beating a one seed as the 8 is just absurd. I'm glad yeah. that Duncan Robinson remembered how to play basketball. Yeah, hey, good uh, for him. Good for him. Earning that generational wealth, Duncan Robinson. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um I don't think that I'm seeing anything else in the chat that stands out to me from anyone. Uh, do you have anything else, Drew? Um,
0: somebody Are you going to be at illist, Ill- illist, real quick, Illust RS, bench predictions. Bench players tend to play better at home. We're going to need them to show up game five, hoping for a trade day. Mm-hmm. Somebody else also asked if Kevin Herder is going to show up. Um uh, it's, I mean, I'm biased to that question. I'm biased. I, you know, Kevin's my BFF. So yeah, Kevin's, Kevin's going to show up. I'm I, I've fifth times the charm is what they say. So I think Kevin's going to show up. God, please show up, Kevin. Um,
1: Who's the, the most like
0: bench sleeper bench guy. <sighs> it's got to be TD. Right. For me, it's yeah. got, it's got to be TD as far as guys that are kind of in and out. He got, was well, he got a quick look in game three, right? Um, yeah i think my, they tried my, him yeah they tried him he he didn't really he I think he might hit it did he hit a three yeah one of four yeah. from the field all of them from three right um he wasn't shy about pulling the trigger out there uh um, probably probably td yeah probably td and as far as a guy who's definitely gonna come off the bench and get minutes i mean can we get game one trey louse back please that would be a or game dude. one malik back or game one Malik, you know, game, game one or game two Malik, you know, he was pretty good in game two as well, but obviously outstanding in game one. Um, yeah, those two guys would be nice to see them. But dude, when Trey Lyles gives you 16 points like he did in game one, I mean, that's that's worth its weight in gold. He was so important, uh, in game one. You know, he had some huge shots to kind of weather a couple of big runs by the Warriors and kind of help chip away when they made that huge run at the end of the third. So, um, Give me sleeper bench guy Terrence Davis. Um, obvious bench guy who will definitely play who the Kings need something out of Trey Lyles.
1: I like it. Yeah. Um, I don't really have any others. I'll like sleeper throw PJ Dozier in there. Okay. And that's just a if Davion and Malik aren't cutting it has enough playmaking i think it's more so if the other guys aren't doing it then maybe you try it mm-hmm. and if he has two mistakes in two minutes like it, it's a very short leash you yeah. know yeah i also am convinced that like watching pj dozier in warm-ups that he has one of the prettiest jump shots i've <laughs> ever seen and i'm buying way too much into that but i swear yeah. his jumper is so clean his so his, his numbers, his
0: shooting splits in the G League before the Kings signed him permanently were <laughs> insane. <laughs> he cooked for a little while right before. He had a 40 ball. Uh, yeah, he was going off. Yeah. Kind of shows you exactly how good NBA players are because that is their developmental league that they do send guys back and forth uh, from. And actual fringe NBA players who will be journeymen just just show up to that league and just casually can just drop off. 40 or 50 burger on anybody's head at any given time and then just leave like yeah
1: that's that's g-league <laughs> yeah absolutely it's just how it is and i yeah i personally love g-league experiences for the days that i randomly run into grant riller on the opposing team in stockton oh and i'm like god. oh my god i loved you at the time of the draft dude and i don't know what dude, happened man college of charleston
0: legend grant riller yeah, He was yeah i was I I loved him a lot too, but I definitely, I was a little hesitant in buying too much stock with him because he really, I mean, he really was, if he was ever going to be a success, he was only ever going to be one thing, which was just a guy who was just going to fill it up. And I think right now we're seeing, I mean, Cam Thomas comes to mind as a guy who just kind of built in the same mold. Right. And it's like, Cam Thomas will drop 40 points. and Then we'll have a DMP CD for five straight games and come off and drop 35. And if that's the life of a guy that, that, that does that type of thing, then, you know, guys who aren't as talented as Cam Thomas,
1: obviously will have a very tough time making to the league and Grant
0: Riller. Yeah. Certainly qualifies as such,
1: unfortunately. Agreed. And for what it's worth, anybody that uh, might want to throw it out there, Keon Ellis and Amias Kata are ineligible in the yeah. or else. Obviously Keon would have already been given Steph fits
0: by now, dude, Keon. They would have been editing pictures of Keon locking up Michael Jordan. By this point had he been eligible to play but obviously the rules stipulate that you can only play 50 nba games during the season and you cannot play in the playoffs as a two-way player so unfortunately keon ellis's playoff heroics will be delayed for not just one season we, we we can wait until next april and may to see that happen right
1: yeah i didn't know what draymond was talking about when he said like the draymond rules but maybe that's what he's talking about it's like they can't play Keon. and that's really the difference here hmm. i don't know could be it is what it is yeah last question for you and i think that's the first time i've said it in this episode but i know and you and, you, and, you like mean, and you're me and you're i do mean it i do mean time. it unless the okay. chat decides to be assholes and just throws questions like we've been asking um <gasps> damn it true i drew a blank oh i haven't drawn lost, a blank. In a you lost your thought you make me way more nervous than all these players man
0: yeah i get it dude I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a hard worker I'm a I blue collar worker. Okay,
1: and I lost it. Holy shit! What? Are you kidding me? No, actually, I'm not. I there's a Jimmy clip on my second monitor that caught me off guard for a second on accident. Um, <laughs> damn it.
0: We're watching Brendan Nunes think. Full attempt to think because. I'm this so question, annoyed because this, I really wanted to ask
1: this question is it, it's. Oh, it's not the, a great one, but oh, I just, okay. you know, had one more. Um, <laughs> I was so annoyed. I don't want to just give up. There's something about game five. Um, was right. it was I it the, the winner
0: going on to win like 82 percent of.
1: Oh, does the winner of, of no. And that number so annoying. But yeah, I get why it's a thing. Does the winner of the Golden State and Sacramento Series beat whoever comes out of the Memphis and LA oh, Series? Oh, man. Gosh. I ask that because my answer is yes. I think it's a battle, but if I'm forced to predict.
0: Uh, yeah, I would say yes. I think the the Kings have... You know if they were to if they were to make it out and they face the Grizzlies, look like as long as Stephen Adams isn't playing, all right, you know, give me give me the Kings in however many games. I don't give a shit. They're probably gonna win that series because Steven Adams <laughs> obviously just owns the Kings as a just the entire franchise. Um, and if it's the Lakers, I mean, look, you're going up against LeBron James, Anthony Davis. Talking about two generational talents. You're uh, obviously going up against a revamped roster. This is not the roster that you beat three three times in the regular season. Um it will be like a completely just brand new matchup very much in the same way that this current series is going because the Kings kind of got their games that actually counted against the Warriors out of the way very, very early before playing that last one late in the season. Uh, I, I do think that they, that they, that they would take the Lakers as well. Um, And then the Warriors, I just, if they face the Grizzlies, I mean, I, I honestly, I just, the Grizzlies are just so dislikable that I, you know, it doesn't matter how I feel about Golden State, which I respect Golden State. I don't hate them or anything like that. I'm not annoyed by them or anything like that um, as far as their personalities and players and what have you. I I, I would be rooting for them to win. Really. I'd probably root for anybody against the Grizzlies. It's kind of hard. It's kind of tough to admit right now, but, like, I'm probably rooting for, for the Lakers to eliminate the Grizzlies just because they annoy Whoa. me so much. Yeah, I know. I know. Whoa. But that potentially sets up Kings-Lakers, which I, I want. So... uh yeah, I think any whoever makes that out of the Kings Warrior series will beat whoever comes out of the Lakers Grizzly series. Um, but you know, I, I think you're right. It, it'd be a dog fight. I, I think that goes six or seven, regardless of um, uh, the opponent. So, yeah. What so we'll
1: do you think? Rooting for the Lakers. Well, That's crazy. Not like rooting, the not rooting, rooting. For you the said Lakers, it, but. You said it. Sources have confirmed. All right, people are just gonna clip it. I'm checking so. with, uh, yeah, checking with who I know right now. Yeah, and seems to be factual.
0: Yeah, your league source confirms it.
1: Yep. <laughs> yep. That's it. So, final. Uh, you asked me, well, I guess, what I thought. I do think that the winner of Kings Warriors ends up going on. I think that. We've seen decent defense from both of those teams. It was something that I picked up that I think everybody was able to pick up on pretty early in this mm-hmm. series that, oh, the Kings aren't atrocious on defense. like right. They're going to be locked in. They're going to be solid there. And I don't know that these other teams can keep up with either one of them offensively. Um, I think that when Memphis is totally rolling, both those teams totally have a chance. I don't think that we're talking like a gentleman's sweep in either one of these. They're mm-hmm. talking mm-hmm. six, seven games probably. Um, but I, I think that both these teams got a decent chance and it'd be pretty poetic if the Kings were able to beat the Warriors and then beat the Lakers. Yeah. And back to back rounds. That'd be very beautiful. I'm so, saying
0: that's, that's the, you exercise a lot of demons there. Um, So yeah. Sorry, Meg, Meg saying, man, y'all down bad rooting for the Lakers. Look, Meg, I, oh, well, there's no y'all here. It's yeah. It's, it's just me. Yeah. Oh, so, well, you can group Brendan in. I mean, I
1: no, you can't.
0: We're, we're you know, we're both media members, right? Credentialed media members. And you Mm. can kind of just group us all into the same. Yeah. Avid Arby's enjoyers. Avid Arby's enjoying credentialed media members that are definitely, you know, have been covering this team for a long time and are respected amongst other media members, you know, so it's, it's probably easy for you to kind of group us in together like that. Um, But uh, you were in the (laughs) middle of asking me a question. Am I going to be at game five? Yes, I will be at game five. So um, again, if I'll, Put out the same offer as i did last time you see me just, you can just walk up to me and just you know you can sucker punch me if you want or just walk up to me say hi and then punch me let me know we'll meet up
1: we'll make it happen or just like don't even walk up just take a picture of him and then try to think of like your best roast and post it and at him and mm-hmm. me and if it's solid i don't even know they, what they, but they, yeah they, i would get- love it yeah, I get the they get
0: something. I actually have a $10 voucher for food uh at Ooh. any concession stand. Uh alcoholic beverages you can't use it for alcoholic beverages, but you can use it for food inside Golden One. Uh you know, best best roast gets that, I guess. I don't know. Unless I use it, unless I use it on Wednesday in which case i to use it. it. Yeah, yeah. I'm probably going to use it, but you know. <laughs>
1: All right. Anything final in the chat? Uh, Gilberto says that he hates me. <laughs> God and James make fun of me for being young because we're the same age. I feel like they need to be made fun of more for being old. If yeah. Man. For being young, then yeah. that means they're old. So, yeah. I love those guys, but it's screw them. It's, it's weird. It's weird whenever
0: they do that stuff because half the time it, it's like an even split for me because I'm, like, I'm a little older than you. Like some of the stuff they refer to, I'm like, oh, yeah, I know that. And then some of the stuff they refer to, I'm just, I have no idea what it is. So I'm, I really am in like a weird, born at a weird time, I guess.
1: Also, anything that comes to movies and shows doesn't have to do with my age. Like there's plenty of people my age that know what they're talking about. I just do not know. Like I don't, doesn't pique my interest at all. Yeah. Yeah. So Brian says their movie suggestions are so bad. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, half the time I wouldn't know either. So, yeah, understandable. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate anybody that hopped in here for the live chat. Um, appreciate you, Drew, aka okay, that local guy on Twitter. Local it's a pleasure, a zero. honor
0: absolute privilege every single time you have me on Brendan seriously this is definitely going to be that hi- well I'm going to the Kings playoff game on Wednesday and then you know if there's a potential game seven and that certainly would be the highlight of my week for sure especially if the Kings win that so this is gonna be like the third or fourth coolest thing that's happened to me this week so it's
1: you know thank you and you were my third or fourth option too, to <laughs> so I think it's it's fitting you know I think that's perfect <laughs> not third or fourth second okay I don't yeah. mean to be disrespectful no no Third
0: or fourth sounded cooler, though.
1: So you should, yeah, yeah. It just went with the flow. So. But I appreciate anybody that listened. Um, there is work from myself and all the other great guys and gals that's been ramped up, of course, with the postseason at the Kings Herald. Take a look at their Patreon to support local independent Kings coverage. And if you enjoyed this episode of the Kings Post podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. And hear from me again next couple days.